Hello, this is Louis Porras, and welcome to another edition of Kingsnake.com's web radio. Today we're here to talk about perhaps the most important topic that one can have when dealing with venomous snakes. That is, what happens when someone is bitten by a venomous snake and is in dire need of receiving antivenom? Now this, of course, can happen to a hobbyist who keeps venomous snakes, or to a professional, like a person who works in a venom lab, uh, or an exhibit, or in a zoo, or to someone who is simply out in the field and has an accident with a venomous snake. And the truth is that this does happen, and it happens more frequently than one would think. So today we're here to talk with Dennis Sargent, who is the Vice President of the Florida Antivenom Bank, which is a program that is administered by the Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Department, as well as the Winter Park Fire Rescue Department. Uh, now, outside of the zoo world, the Florida Antivenom Bank is the only program of this type, uh, not only in this country, but in the whole world. Uh, by the way, uh, Dennis Arden is also the fire chief of the Winter Park Fire Department. So, uh, uh, how are you doing today, Dennis? I'm doing great. So, how's the venomous snake world treating you these days? Actually, it's been treating us very well. We've had very few bites in the last few months, although it has been a busy year. Now, uh, I know that the snake bite uh, antivenom topic is very important, Dennis, but before we can get started talking about this, uh, can you please tell our audience something uh, about yourself, uh, you know, perhaps uh, something about your hurt background? Certainly. Uh, well, actually, I started at a very young age. My parents took me to the Cleveland Zoo in Ohio when I was very, very young, and I was fascinated, and I was just learning to read at the time, and by the time I was about eight or nine years old, I had read every book on reptiles in the Cleveland Public Library system. Started keeping my first animals at about age 10, and uh, through the help of some mentors, particularly John Mertens, uh, the author of Living Snakes of the World, who was the curator of reptiles at Cleveland Zoo, uh, he started a uh, junior herpetological society back, back in the 50s, and uh, a lot of the members of that society are still very active today. And uh, how about some information about what you, what you do uh, professionally? Well, I've been in the fire service 34 years. Uh, I also uh, served as a paramedic for several years. Uh, matter of fact, one of my research papers going through paramedic school was uh, on treatment of uh, snake of animations. And it's something that I've always had an interest in. And I, I did keep quite a few venomous snakes in earlier years. Do you keep any uh, herbs today? Do you, you keep a collection? or? Uh, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a something that will eventually be my retirement business, but I breed locality-specific forms of boa constrictor. Is it strictly a hobby? No, this is something that, uh, it's, it's actually, actually this year it actually turned a profit, which is the first time I've actually done that with reptiles, and, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's working out very well, and it's actually a registered business. Oh, great. So do you have any other interests there? Um, uh, I heard from someone that you're working on a book. Yes, I am. Uh, this is probably something that I've been wanting to do for decades, but I finally decided about a year ago that I would try to do a, a book, an atlas type of book, that would show all of the various forms of boa constrictor uh, and with good locality data and so forth so that people have some idea what they're looking at. Also, I'd like to try to picture all of the different color forms and pattern forms of each type, because uh, most books that you see on the market, uh, they'll take the one in a thousand best specimen, and that'll be their type for surname Redtail, and uh, then somebody goes and orders one, and they wonder why it doesn't look like that. So what I'm going to try and do is try to show the whole spectrum of what the animals look like and uh, be a little bit more realistic. Now, uh, living in Florida, are you involved with any of the uh, herpetological societies there? 
Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm a member of the Central Florida Herpetological Society, and I'm their program chairman at this time. Also, I did serve as the uh, secretary of the Southwest Florida Herpetological Society back in the 1980s. Uh, so, Dennis, first of all, I hear the words anavenine, anavenum, anivenin, and they're thrown about in different contexts. Now, what is the correct use of these words, and uh, do they happen to mean anything different? Well, actually, they're pretty much interchangeable. Antivenin was the uh, was kind of an ancient metal. I'll call it ancient, just a few years back, medical term. Uh, antivenin is only a different pronunciation of the same word. Uh, over the years, uh, it's become modernized, and, and basically it's referred to as antivenom serum more frequently now since that's what it's actually used for. Okay, and is antivenom uh, difficult for people to get uh, from various countries? Uh, are there any restrictions or, or hoops that a person has to jump through to be able to get antivenom from a different country? Well, yes, there are. It is a very extensive process, and, and rather than going over it here, the best thing would be to obtain a copy of the antivenom index from the AZA, and that will give you an entire outline as, and all the addresses and contact numbers and everything of the agencies you need to get in touch with. Uh, furthermore, your, your personal physician or a licensed physician will have to actually sign as the program director or program manager uh, so that you can get the appropriate paperwork. And then, of course, it's referred to as an experimental drug, and that's what you're bringing into the country. Uh -huh, okay. And so how did the Antivenom Bank get started, and uh, how long have you been involved with this project? Actually, I've been involved with this project since about 1992. Uh, Wayne Hill, who was the president of the Central Florida Herpetological Society back then, and is also the guy who came up with the idea for Reptile Breeders Expos, uh, actually had the idea. And since I had just moved back into the area and I was a chief of a fire EMS agency, he asked if I'd be interested in partnering with uh, the Herp Society in developing a private nonprofit corporation that would be known as the Florida Antivenom Bank to be able to stock the serum and then people could contact our emergency medical service and have it uh, dispatched to the hospital where they would be treated. And uh, it took us till about 1995 to actually get it off the ground. And it was uh, probably the first part of 96 by the time we actually had serum available to respond. Uh, it's really kind of interesting because our, our first response was in uh, Miami, and on that very first bite, uh, I was work wound up working very closely with a fire rescue captain from Miami-Dade Fire Rescue by the name of Al Cruz, who was uh, basically treating, you know, assisting with the treatment of the patient at that end, and uh, we got to become friends. He got more involved in the Antivenom Bank and. Uh, he is now the president of the Antivenom Bank, and he's also the director of the program for Miami-Dade Fire Rescue. Uh, we're at this point phasing out the private nonprofit corporation, and uh, the Antivenom Bank is actually a bureau. of uh, It's an operation of the Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Department, and uh, Winter Park will continue to work with them under an interlocal agreement. So it, it, it's, it works a little differently now, but it's uh, far more effective. Now, what kind of problems have you ran into with the bank, and uh, uh, do you see any problems coming up in the uh, foreseeable future? Uh, the problem has always been funding. Uh, we're looking at grant funding uh, and, and basically just, just to purchase serum because the, the, both fire departments actually provide uh, the personnel and the emergency contact numbers and everything to where it's, you know, that, that, that doesn't take away from it. But uh, uh, the this, this, this serum is very expensive, and uh, as we... We'll work to obtain some of it. At, uh, we're 
it gets pretty tight sometimes. Uh-huh. Now, um, I understand that Wyeth Laboratories, which for, for decades they produced a polyvalent antivenom for North American pit vipers, and uh, they also produced a monovalent for coral snakes. Uh, uh, they're no longer producing any serum. Uh, uh, what can you tell us about this, and is there another serum on the horizon that will be able to take uh, the place of Wyeth? Well, there is a... a uh, a serum that is made with uh, sheep plasma rather than rather than horse, and uh, it, it has less of a problem with uh, with uh, allergic reaction, which is the crofab. However, it is extremely expensive and uh, and still not widely available. Uh, one of the things we're looking at at the antivenom bank is the possibility of uh, possibly getting uh, some foreign antivenom, such as uh, the Costa Rican antivenom for uh, crotalid polyvalent and. Uh, and the uh, coral snake. Uh, furthermore, we might uh, talk to the people in Brazil at the Instituto Putantan as well. But uh, at this point, uh, there is still some Wyeth antivenom around, but uh, unfortunately, a lot of the hospitals are destroying it as soon as it's going out of date, and there isn't any more. Now, um, how does the antivenom bank operate? Uh, actually, the antivenom bank now is, is a emergency operation of the fire emergency medical services here in Florida. Uh, we're networked with the poison control centers and most of the hospitals and emergency departments and emergency providers. And if someone is bitten, uh, they'll notify us through, a, through our seven-digit number, emergency number, and uh, we will dispatch the appropriate serum to the hospital where the person is being treated. And what if somebody is bitten like out of state? Uh, we've actually answered calls in Canada, in Pennsylvania, Virginia, French Guyana, and also Trinidad. So we've uh, we've done some humanitarian stuff as well. Uh, we had, like I said, the, the South American bites were Fertilance bites, and uh, we actually sent Wyeth. Worked very well. And how do you get the antivenom to those places? Well, we actually have an arrangement with uh, American Airlines where we can actually hand the cooler with the serum to the flight crew, and they'll, they'll take it, and uh, it'll be, be met by a fire rescue unit at the other end. Uh, also, we have a group of pilots that normally uh, are used to transport uh, transplant organs, uh, a group called Angel Flight, and they've actually flown some regional flights for us. Now, uh, there are states, uh, like in Utah, where regulations make it nearly impossible to keep a venomous snake, uh, yet there are some states that don't even have any restrictions. And then again, you have states like Florida, uh, which for decades have had a permit system in place. Now, what are your uh, personal views with regard to uh, herpetoculture's keeping venomous snakes? I feel that it's, uh, it's, it's something that uh, needs to be done. I think a lot of the scientific work that's being done is being done in the private sector these days. Uh, breakthroughs in captive breeding techniques, uh, captive breeding of rare animals to sustain populations, things of this nature, are not funded in the public sector like they used to be. And uh, there are a lot of very valuable things that are being done in the private sector. However, I feel that each person should evaluate their need to keep venomous reptiles because uh, a single accident can result in catastrophe. And I personally stopped keeping venomous reptiles after a bite by a Colette's black snake and decided that life was too good and I didn't need that risk. And what about the problem in the state of Florida where so many people are, are given a license to keep venomous snakes, and yet Florida, if I'm not mistaken, has a, a greater number of snake bites than any other state in the nation? 
Well, actually, most of the most of the venom snake bites in Florida are not people that are licensed to keep them. We may have uh, one or two licensed individuals that, that that receive bites every year. This year has been particularly bad. I think we had three or four, but then there are like 470 licensed businesses or individuals in the state, and some of these businesses that are licensed may have five or ten employees that actually handle these animals. So that's uh, that's really a pretty small number. On the other hand, uh, we see probably four or five or so bites right in the Orlando area from coral snakes and pygmy rattlesnakes and an occasional diamondback. So there are a lot more people in the in, that, that just come in contact with them in the wild. Well, Dennis, how can anybody uh, contribute to, to the bank? Uh, probably the best thing is to, is to contact me. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the best thing we can ask is if you do keep venomous reptiles, to be responsible and, and obey all the laws of your of your area and uh, and present a good image as to what we are all about. It really upsets me when I get a call at 2.30 in the morning about someone being bitten by their cobra when I know that their blood alcohol is probably almost as bad for them as their snake bite. Well, Dennis, you know, we're, we're running out of time here, so thanks for visiting with us here today. Uh, this information has been extremely valuable, and who knows, this information in the future may uh, be able to save someone's life. Uh, you know, the Antivenom Bank probably already has. <laughs> so for more information about the Antivenom Bank, please contact Dennis Sargent at the Winter Park Fire Department. Uh, the telephone number at the fire department is area code 407-599-3297. Or you can email Dennis at dsargent at cfl.rr.com. I'll repeat that. It's d-s-a-r-g-e-n-t at cfl.rr.com. Uh, Dennis, has been a real pleasure having you on board today, and uh, thanks for taking the time from your busy schedule to visit with us. Thank you very much, and uh, and I do want to add that uh, so far we've had 100% recoveries, full recoveries from every bite that we've responded to. Uh, and I just ask those people, please don't be the first one that we can't save. Well, thanks, Dennis. Well, that about wraps up another edition of Kingsnake.com's web radio. Uh, for Kingsnake.com, this is Louis Porras, and until the next time, I bid you a fun, cordial farewell.